Welcome to the Wake Up Call podcast. I'm your host, Alicia Hopkins. By day I work in corporate, but I have an obsession with all things personal development. So I became a life coach and started this podcast as a way to help others break free from living a life that's good on the outside and wake up to the one they actually want. When I got to my most uncertain place, all I wanted was someone to say, hey Alicia, you're a little off course and this is what you need to do. That's what I wanna be for you. This podcast is a place where I want to share my experiences and provide you with community, knowledge, and inspiration to make change in your life. Sometimes we get a little lost and need help course correcting. If this sounds like you, you're in the right place. Let this be your wake up call. Now let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Wake Up Call podcast. I am super pumped for my guest that I have for you today. Her name is Rachel Walt, and it's really kind of funny. Rachel and I share a mutual friend, and for a long time, our friend had said, you two have so much in common. And I had known Rachel kind of on the periphery, but never connected one-on-one. And um, recently our friend Mandy was like, no, you two really are walking the same path. Like you need to talk. So we talked and it, it, you know, very kindred spirit connection there. So I am so thrilled to have Rachel on the show here today. Rachel, how are you doing? Oh, I'm so happy to be here. I'm so glad that we finally connected and that we're bringing everyone in on the chat today. Yay. I agree. I agree. So the conversation I wanted to have with Rachel, so in this kind of, you know, personal development, kind of the introspective work that people do, you know, associated with the inner work, I've, I, and I'm like all for it. I'm obsessed with all of it. So, but I think that there's certain words that kind of come up and, you know, even as I say them, sometimes I feel it's cringy, but then yet they also so perfectly, you know, describe what it is. So, you know, sometimes it's, you know, journey and path and connection, you know, all these things. And one of those words is alignment that I have noticed myself saying a lot more. I feel like the content I'm consuming, I'm seeing it more. But when Rachel and I first connected, we spent so much time talking about alignment. So that is kind of this, this concept we're going to unpack here today. Um, Rachel's had, um, you know, she'll share her story here shortly, but, you know, there's been a lot in her life that I think it's fair to say has brought you to a place where you're aligned now, whereas maybe you weren't previously. Is that fair to say? Oh, definitely. Most definitely. I mean, I think with alignment, it is kind of in and out. It's a flow. It's not like, oh, once you're in alignment, you're done, you're good, you know? Um, But I feel myself definitely more consistently aligned um, here now, professionally, in my personal relationships and family. And um, so it does feel more consistent. And there were definitely points previously that it was kind of hard to come by. So there's definitely contrast. And I, I agree with what you're saying is of like, that alignment isn't this permanent or this like final destination you're getting to. It's, I really see it as like a continual thing that we are aligning ourselves for what's, you know, what's important at that time or what's going on in our life. It's, it's not that end state, like I am aligned and nothing more ever needs done. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. So to me, alignment is like, that I am fully present in my body on this planet earth, but also connected to God. I call God, you might call source or the universe or higher power. And that I am operating and really present to my true core authentic values. Mm. So whether that's 
in decision-making or in relationships or definitely in parenting, it comes as a challenge to stay in that aligned state. Um, but if I'm operating in that space, I get so much more clarity and efficiency and peace of mind um, and just intuitive. I, I can rely more on my intuition because it's, it's louder to me. I can pay attention to those subtle body signals, um, those knowings that kind of come, the synchronicities come where like you and I connecting and it's just it seems like everything is at the perfect timing and you have mm -hmm. the supplies you need and it just feels like flow. Um, so that to me is where uh, alignment resonates, I think. And, and as we were speaking before, I didn't really even know what alignment meant really until I was in alignment and I was like, oh, whoa, okay. Well, I've had times in my life previously that I've felt this way where things are really clicking and opportunities are presenting themselves. And I feel like that energy, like on fire and efficiency where I can really get stuff done because my attention is focused and, and all of the supplies are there. And, um, and then definitely sometimes where it feels very unclear and very unstable and I second guess myself and then I pay more attention to the thoughts in my head and putting all my attention there and my stock there rather than am I secure and stable in my body? What is my body telling me? What is my mind telling me? Um, and so I think that's where I can kind of get misaligned is when I'm ruminating on all of those anxious thoughts that we can get stuck on or about what other people are thinking about me rather than, okay, is this aligned? Is this in line or in flow with who I believe I truly am under all of the programming that society and our culture and our families kind of give us? Who am I underneath all of that stuff? And if I'm not in a situation that I feel I'm operating from that space, then it's, it's going to be misalignment for sure. I mean, okay. You said lots and lots of things that were just like, yep. Yep. I'm just finding myself nodding. I'm like, <laughs> got her. I mean, what a beautiful way to describe alignment because I also thought it was that when you said you didn't even know what alignment was because it, until you were in it, I actually yeah. think that's really powerful because I I think that is so true. I'll say it from my experience, and I'm going to generalize and say there's probably a lot of us out there that it's the same thing going on. And I think somewhere along the line, we've lost sight of the fact that we can do life with ease. And I think that ease comes right. from that alignment, but we're so used to following narratives and stories that we think we're supposed to be doing rather than actually taking the time to really understand what, what do I want? Like, what do you Rachel want? What does Alicia want? Like individually, what, what is coming from, you know, our heart, our soul? Like what, it, what is it that we value? And I think right. that we're in such a busy, distracted world. I mean, COVID certainly has helped us slow down, but right. We find new distractions. And I think that we want to avoid anything that feels uncomfortable. So it's so much easier for me to look at someone else's life and maybe, strive to start doing things that are more of like their narrative. Cause I'm like, Oh, well, so-and-so looks normal. My, 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 if I do things that look like that, I'll be normal too. And it's like, exactly, yeah, you know, and, and as we were, as I was anticipating this, um, this conversation, you know, a lot has come back to me that something that I want to bring more of into, you know, the podcast, my content is 
you know, I spent a lot of time talking about anxiety, but my message isn't really about anxiety. Like anxiety was the symptom of my massive misalignment. And when you and I were talking about it, you, it resonated with you too. And I'm curious, Totally. it might help unpack it a little bit more, this concept of alignment. If you wouldn't mind, you know, digging in a little bit deeper of like, what has your path to alignment look like? Like, why did that resonate with you as far as, you know, understanding anxiety kind of as what manifested from your misalignment? Right. Well, I think you just really, really spoke to all of the things that cloud our judgment and, and keep us misaligned, like numbing out, whether that's with, you know, substance abuse or screens or whatever, social media, um, we numb out, we don't want to feel our feelings. And so all of our attention is seeking outward. So, okay, how many followers do I have? And all of that kind of stuff. Um, So we've really given away a lot of our personal power to where we don't make decisions unless everyone approves of them on the outside. And we never pay attention to how it feels on the inside and if we're aligned with our true values on the inside. And so the the reason that the anxiety piece pairs with the misalignment to me really was sparked by a huge um, experience with anxiety that I had after giving birth to my first child. It was my first child. I didn't really know what motherhood was supposed to look like, but it didn't feel good. <laughs> it, um, I was very ragey and angry and resentful and anxious, just pits in my stomach left and right, but I wasn't paying any attention to any of that. I was paying attention to what this blogger said and what this pediatrician on the website said and my timer to breastfeed. I'm like, what? No. (laughs) And previously I had really made decisions and operated from a very intuitive place. How did this feel? Does this feel right? Of course I did, you know, your due diligence out in the universe. Like I'm not going to just take a job anywhere, but, um, you know, it, it just really, I used to make decisions from that place. And after having my son, I was so insecure and had no clue, just really felt like I was thrown in the deep end of the pool that I wasn't looking inside for anything. I was looking outside for everything. And that's where I now looking back six years later can tell I was so misaligned because I was looking for outside validation and was not checking into myself where previously I, you know, was making these big decisions from that place of how does this feel? What does this look like to me? So it it was just a huge moment of clarity, really, when we first started talking about this, like, oh my gosh, that's why, um, you know, postpartum depression and anxiety felt so terrible because it was such a huge misalignment. I was looking everywhere instead of inside. And I think it's easy for all moms, all women, all people to do that because there's experts everywhere, right? Oh, well, I should buy this because this happens. But then you have the exact opposite blogger saying, no, don't buy this, buy this instead. So my mind was just all over the place. And I wasn't feeling like I was doing anything right because I wasn't checking in with myself. And there is that mother's intuition, that women's intuition. And so I think, you know, when we don't give ourselves the power and don't give ourselves and our opinion and our body's sensation and response to what is or is not resonating with us, that we can really stir up 
a lot of anxiety, depression, all of these things that manifest in all of these different ways because we are misaligned with who we truly are and how we truly want to operate and make decisions. And so, um, you know, there's a lot that goes into postpartum depression and anxiety as well, but it was an interesting way to look at it six years post about how the times in my life where I did feel confident and I felt loving and compassionate and all of these things were when I was solid in my truth and aligned with my authentic self, because those are qualities that I consider my authentic, soulful being myself behind all the anxious thoughts. And I mean, oh my gosh, that was another thing with um, the postpartum depression, anxiety, I had all of those ruminating, very intrusive thoughts. And all of my attention was going to that or whatever expert was giving me advice that day. And so I, there was just such a disconnect between who I was and where I was getting my information and spending my time and attention. And so, you know, once you start that momentum, it's hard to get yourself out, you know, and looking back, I should have gotten medication. I should have gotten therapy. I should have gotten some more support to get me out of that. Thank goodness. I did get a little bit of help and time certainly helped and even just recognizing it helped. But, um, you know, now with this different perspective and the spiritual, you know, mind body growth I've had over the past few years, I, I think I could recognize it maybe a little bit more now that I'm out of it. You know, do you experience that with your anxiety where it's hard to recognize it when you're in it until you have that kind of jolt? (laughs) Very much so. And and that's what struck me is even when you were talking about how, you know, right. Hindsight is 2020 that you could see different opportunities where you could have, you could have, should have reached out for help sooner. And I'm I'm not going to say could have, because when you were in it, you just don't see it. You are so in trenches that you can't come up for air because it's everything you can do just to get through the day, the hour, the minute, the, because you're so overwhelmed. And, you know, you hit on when you were first opening and talking about kind of almost like signs of misalignment and mm. talking about like when we're numbing and what I, I wrote down with like exclamation marks of when you mentioned the seeking the outward, because I think we're Mm -hmm. all so, we all, I mean, hello, look at social media, like, and how much we come into it. And like you said, the followers and the, this and likes, and we're, we're all these people not like bumping into one another with all we're all needing is validation, but we're we're looking to get it from the sources that don't really matter. It's, it's right. Internal. It's your alignment you know, God source, whatever you believe in that, that's the, that's the validation that really matters is the one, the validation we give ourselves. you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so powerful. And I think as women, we are programmed from a very, very young age that we have to be a certain way. Um, you know, Glennon Doyle calls it being tamed or, um, you know, you have to follow these social guidelines that don't necessarily, you know, translate to the best for everybody, right? Um, And so there's all this social programming that starts from such a young age that we kind of have to grow out of and shed and trust ourselves again. You know, all these marketing ploys and, and products that they want to sell us really kind of takes our power away. Like, oh, you feel anxious, do this. Or, oh, you know, you feel worried by this thing and this will solve all of your problems. And um, it really, it really disempowers a lot of people. 
And so I think part of it is first, we have to figure out who the heck we are. Like, who is my authentic self? I mean, if that's my indicator, whether or not I'm aligned in a business decision or a family matter or in a relationship, um, who the heck am I? So I think we have to give ourselves permission to find ourselves again, you know, do some introspection and contemplation and, and get into our bodies again and feel what resonates, what feels right in our body. You know, does compassion feel good to me? Is that something that I consider my core value? Yes. Like that is a priority of mine. I feel like I operate in that way and I want that to be an indicator. Okay. So what does that look like when I'm making a business decision? Well, is this a compassionate thing to do or am I operating out of fear? Or is this a a loving, compassionate thing to say? Or am I operating with a guard up or what I think somebody wants to hear or what I should say because of so-and-so-and-so-and-so, what all these other programs are that that our society and families have pre-programmed since a young age. So I think that's really the first step is who the heck am I? And then you can, you know, get back into our bodies again, instead of looking outward. So, um, I mean, I know that is a huge indicator of me. If I have a pit in my stomach versus like an excited flutter in my heart or nervous flutter in my heart. Um, and so, you know, those two things, getting back into our bodies, finding out who we are, are two major pieces before we can even step in or out of alignment or even understand what that is, you know? And, and it's interesting is that like, I have always, I always considered myself this, I mean, I thought I was pretty intuitive. I feel like I'm, I'm a big feeler. I feel that I, you know, am very in tune, but I got to say the past one to two years doing those, just those, those things that you said of getting into our bodies again and getting to know ourselves. It's funny is that prior to kind of, you know, the awakening I'm experiencing, I would hear people say that and it sounded overly simplistic. I thought it sounded Uh really silly. I just, I, I thought I knew myself. I thought I had it all together. And what I see now is I had it all together from the stance of living someone else's life. Like I, I can see now where my identity actually came from kind of the sum of every one around me or every narrative, like everything that I thought I was supposed to be doing was how I ended up kind of determining who Alicia is. I completely lost sight of what do I actually like? What do I want? What makes me happy? What makes me sad? And you, you hit on, and I didn't want it to get lost because it sounds so simple, which is why I think we dismiss it. I think we're meant to be I think life is meant to be more simple than we make it, but you talk about, right? Like we make it so hard, but even just the, when you share, you know, do you feel a pit in your stomach? You know, uh, do you feel uneasy? Is your, is your throat tightening up? We dismiss these things because I believe we think we can think ourselves through anything and our bodies are, we put all of our stock in our thoughts and really these thoughts are just, you know, like coming from the um, meditation world, the monkeys in our brain that are, that could be true, could be not most of them, not true. Right. It's all of these, you know, thoughts that become the beliefs. And then that's how we operate from that subconscious belief based thing. Well, um, you know, I, I just feel like, if we, if we give ourselves more credit and more power, you know, then I think we would open up to 
responding to our body indicators with more gravity. Because it is easy to, to write it off and just say, oh, Rachel, you're nervous. You always are so nervous. And that's why you're tight. your neck is tightening up and blah, 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 blah. It's all these other stories that disempower our true selves that maybe we heard from parents. Maybe we heard from a coach. Maybe we heard from other people. Maybe it's our ego trying to protect us from something that will expand us, that will make us grow. Because that's really scary for our ego, right? Absolutely. So, um, you know, it's like, are these things true? Are these things right? are these things helpful to me? You know, most of the time, if I'm, if I'm honest with my thoughts, no, <laughs> like none of them are. So, um, that, that disconnecting from the thoughts was huge for me in my awareness and consciousness and expansion over the past few years as well. It's like realizing that my true essence is not my thoughts. Whoa, you're right. Like if I can disconnect myself from that, that's a huge relief from the anxiety and stuff. Cause I feel like my anxiety at least resided in as a pit in my stomach and all of these ruminating thoughts, just blah, 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 either accusatory or condescending or all of that. And it's like, that's not who I am. Right. right? So that was a huge, powerful piece for me to be able to get back into my body. Cause I was like you, I mean, I was kind of like, what does that even mean? I don't get it. You know, like all these spiritual people are saying like, get into your body, feel your body. I'm like, I'm in my body. <laughs> what? I don't understand. <laughs> I agree. So I think it is, it's, it's all of these elements that kind of find a balance where you, you feel comfortable that you can trust your body and trust those indicators. Cause I think a lot of this too is being able to trust ourselves, feeling like we're worthy and we're trustworthy of making decisions based on um, what our body is telling us. So there's a lot of layers here. And I think that's, what's interesting. What you said was so interesting about how, you know, you thought you were intuitive before you had this great awakening. And then I don't know if your experience has been like mine, but same, like I thought I was pretty intuitive into the past couple of years where my growth and expansion of my mind and my spirit has just blown. Like it's been so accelerated. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that is once you do click into some of these pieces where you're not buying into all of your thoughts and you're disconnecting from your thoughts and you are feeling that indicators from your body and you're trusting yourself again. And you do know who your core um, self is your soulful self is under all of this programming, then I feel like it snowballs, you know, the momentum gets going and you're like, Oh my gosh, like I feel good about this decision, even though I don't have all the answers and I don't have all the pieces, I feel good about this mm -hmm. and I can move forward with trusting myself because I know I am trustworthy and, you know, mistakes come a hundred percent, you know, just because I am trustworthy and I am going to make a decision that maybe doesn't have all the answers. And maybe it does turn into a huge mistake financially or otherwise, but there's beauty in the mistake too. I mean, I tell my kids all the time, like you're not learning unless you're making mistakes, you know, like let's normalize mistakes. And gosh, our society is so mistake phobic, right? Yeah. We're just buying into this fear-based perfectionism that is basically a product of misalignment. Absolutely. You know? so, we want to control that. We want to control our perfectionism rather than, you know, owning up to ourselves and finding ourselves because we're scared what we might find, I think. I think so too. And I think that this quest for perfectionism is what keeps us all constantly in motion and not taking the pause to actually think, you know, we just, I think 
finding the space to take the pause to even get connected to yourself again. Nobody wants to do it because we're just constantly seeking this perfectionism, the, the doing it right, the all this. And, you know, I'm really curious because I think that there are probably a lot of listeners out there that, right. You and I can both say we've, we've had some, some time from kind of the crisis moment, right. That we've had our wake up calls and we've been putting the pieces back together. Mm-hmm. But if you could go back to the throes of, you know, the postpartum depression, you are anxious as all get out. How did you, you know, was it a defining moment when you realized it? And, and, and whatever it looked like when you discovered that there had to be a different way, where did you go from there? Because I think sometimes, I think we forget all the little steps that it took to get us, you know, to, to a more balanced, more aligned place now, but go back to the height of it. What did it look like? Oh my gosh. Let's say we'll, we'll do a mock-up of a day during the postpartum depression. Um, the baby had colic and so he screamed a lot and I screamed a lot. I am a very, I mean, a lot of people that might know me now wouldn't think this, but I'm a pretty fiery person. Um, I have a temper. I'm an Aries. Like I've got a lot of passion, (laughs) I'm going to say. So um, being triggered constantly is what it felt like. It was just like, I couldn't get relief from the trigger. And I had that pit in my stomach, a fire in my chest, and I just couldn't even scream it out. I mean, just screaming at the baby, screaming at myself, screaming at my partner, our poor neighbors in Chicago. (laughs) um, It was just, I couldn't get to a place where I felt comfortable. It was very uncomfortable. Um, It was just, it was ragey. I just, it was just like, I wanted to scream and I couldn't scream loud enough to get relief. Um, And, and so during the day, um, And it's interesting too, this is kind of sad, Alicia, I'll look back at pictures from that time and see us smiling together and um, like having really cool experiences. And I look back and I can hardly even remember that. I can hardly remember feeling like wanting to smile for a picture. And I think our brains do that too with anxiety. Um, Anxiety is a lie, like, and it just wants us to think that that's all there was, was anxiety. And it's all I can remember from those probably first six months of transitioning to motherhood. And so every day it was like, I dreaded getting up. And of course, some of it is new motherhood where the days turn into the nights, turn into the days and there's all of that. But I have two other kids and didn't have postpartum anxiety or depression after them. So I, I know the contrast now looking back to, which is helpful, um, but in the middle of it, I just, I thought this was motherhood and I thought I made a huge mistake. And my whole life I thought, oh my gosh, I can't wait to be a mom. I know I'm going to be a mom. I babysat. I love babysat sitting. I, um, you know, loved being with kids. Kids really respond to me. I just, I just knew it was something in my life's course that was going to happen, whatever it looked like. Um, I knew I wanted to be a mother role, mother figure, um, you know, throughout my life. And so when this happened, I was like, oh my gosh, I basically have like convinced myself of a lie. Like if this is motherhood, you know, um, I'm sacrificing everything, my mind, my body, my schedule, my career. I mean, I was a full-time speech pathologist getting to be the height of my career, um, you know, selling products, being in this cool startup in in the speech field, you know, we're doing research and we're participating in all the thought leaders and it was really feeding my soul. And then this happened. And I was like, 
oh my gosh, who, who am I? I mean, it was a total identity crisis. Um, and so on a daily basis, it did. It just looked like constant triggers, sadness, disappointment, resentment, um, and just a pit in my stomach and a fire in my chest that would not leave. And finally, what triggered actual, or actually what triggered me seeking help was my best friend sitting me down on her back patio one day and saying, you know, you have postpartum depression, right? And I was like, what? I mean, and it's almost, I'm getting chills now talking about it. It's almost like she literally took the thousand pound weight off of my shoulder. I mean, the symptoms didn't totally relieve themselves, but the separation from what my experience was and what it like, quote unquote, should be, or or what a normal um, transition motherhood looks like. It's like, oh my gosh, I can breathe. It's like, I exhaled like, oh my gosh, this isn't just me. This isn't just, I'm a bad mom and I'm having a terrible experience and made a huge mistake. Oh, thank you. So after the lights kind of flicked on there, I, um, went to an integrative, I've always kind of seeked some integrative medicine and nutrition. And um, my gynecologist was part of a practice that was integrative. And so I used acupuncture, essential oils, a couple therapy sessions, but looking back, I should have been on a medicine. Like I should have been on a medication. I should have sought more talk therapy and cognitive behavioral therapy. And, but that is also a learning opportunity as well. I mean, finally, after time, um, the symptoms relieved themselves and I was able to enjoy motherhood and all of that. And then, um, you know, with the, with the other pregnancies, I was more proactive about it. So with the second pregnancy, I didn't really have any symptoms, but then when the third one in my last trimester, I felt those things coming back on. I felt that insecurity and pit in my stomach and second guessing myself. I remember, one day sitting at the kitchen table, just crying for two hours because my toddler said he didn't like me. And it's like, girl, that's just like normal. Like that's what kids say (laughs) to trigger you. Right. Like, and I reached out to my doctor that day and I said, okay, I need to be on medicine now. Like, please give me a safe medicine for pregnancy that can take the edge off. And cause I, I will not experience this again with my other kid. So, um, I started on medication then and, and I, didn't have a symptom through that postpartum period. So I think, you know, you have to get real with yourself. Like we can spiritually bypass a lot of shit. And I think there is a place for holistic medicine and also Western medicine, you know, (laughs) and in in that circumstance, looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, and I'm just such an advocate for women just saying like, check in with yourself have, have someone outside of your own head bubble that can check you. Cause I told my husband and my best friend that, that kind of got me out of the first time. Like, if you see me acting this way or saying this thing, like, will you please give me the safe word? Like go get medicine or go talk to your doctor. Because like we were speaking to earlier, you don't really know how bad it is when you're in it until you have the perspective or an outside person that's not experiencing all of that to say, okay, it's time. We need to go revisit more aggressive approaches. You're so right. And it's, you know, there were a lot of things that I, as you were sharing kind of, you know, I see the continuum of how it happened. I mean, I felt the sensations in my body, like, and I, I remember, I think it, it not triggered. it, It brought me back to a place that, you know, when you were describing, the fire in your chest, the screaming, like I remember 
feeling trapped in my own body, like feeling like I was yes. going fucking crazy, but yes, but yet still normal on the outside. You know, right? You can say you oh, totally. you smiling with your kid and, and all this stuff, and but the exterior didn't didn't match what was going on on the interior. Oh, right? it was like in direct opposition. And when you said that about not feeling comfortable in your body, I remember describing it to my friend as like there's fire in my veins, like ants are crawling in my veins and like won't come out, you know. And I just, I just didn't know. I didn't know any better. And I think we can get, you know, our hormones and our, our um, heredity play a lot and our circumstances sure play a lot. And I, you know, I was in the city with this newborn and a husband that had a very demanding job and was gone and was in school and we didn't have family around and we had friends, but not friends that had kids. So there wasn't a lot of these social support that maybe could help, could have helped me trigger that enlightenment or that light switch going off sooner. Um, Because the best friend that, that helped me out there didn't live in the city with me. And so um, I think it speaks to surrounding yourself with, with good, healthy relationships that you can trust them to help you when you can't see when you can't see what you're, what you're wrestling with, whatever that might be, you know, because I appreciate you. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no. I was just saying like, you have to have a, at least one relationship, you know, it's not a numbers game. It's definitely a quality and a, and a depth of a relationship versus like how many friends you have, but it's like, do you have one person? And I, I couldn't even really say that could be my husband because he was a first time dad. He's never been with this situation before in the city with his demanding job in school and all of this and this, you know, wife that's screaming all day. And so I can't even say that he would have been a person far enough from the situation to help. You know, do you have that one person that that could that you trust their opinion and their motivation so you don't block them, but you can listen to them and say, oh, my gosh, okay, thank you. Thank you for coming to me with this, because it was really hard for her to come to me and say, you know, you have postpartum depression, right? And so I think, you know, it's so important. I don't know if we really put a lot of emphasis on the social aspect and the social well-being that we want to surround ourselves with, you know, especially in the social media age where we think we have all these friends, but do we, you know, do we have somebody that can kind of trigger us and throw us a lifeline if we need it? Yep. Um, So I'm so grateful for that and, and for all of the deep relationships that I do have, because it is kind of like when you're so misaligned that you can't, find yourself. You can't find your authentic true self to get yourself out. Yeah. You know, you, ne- you might need a lifeline from somebody. You got that right. <laughs> if that's what? a paid person, like a coach yeah. or a professional or a therapist or a parent or a friend, whoever that might be, can you find one person that you can count on when you are so misaligned that you can't breathe? That is that actually, well, first I wanted to thank you for your vulnerability and sharing, because I feel like I'm if there is nothing else that is accomplished from the conversations that are had on this show, it's that I think you name it, you can tame it. And there is so yeah. much that, you know, I'd had actually was having a conversation with someone just last night. And I, and, and I said, you know, when I was in the throes of it, I didn't know anybody with anxiety, but here's the funny nope. thing ever since putting it out there, I have had more people that I knew in my circle or just like that second layer of circle that have been like, 
oh, let me tell you what I went through, like, da, 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 like meaning. And I'm like, right. shit, all these people right. are going through this, but if we don't talk about it, we don't know about it. And that was, right. I, I can look at my life of that, you know, th- this conversation I had with um, a really good friend last night. And she had said, you know, how did you even know? Like, did, did someone say something to you? And, and what brought me to when you were saying like having someone in your life, And you made such a brilliant point of that, because I think sometimes like for me, I didn't have any one person that said, Alicia, like you seem really like a little off, but what I did have was like this little inner knowing that something like I I kept, I had little seeds that were prompting me to like, I, I went to a therapist, then it led me to my doctor and so my person kind of ended up being the sum of right a therapist then yes. you know my my PCP my family uh, primary care practitioner that was like do you know what anxiety is I'm like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> it's just right funny. It, right I didn't have that person that spoke up in my life because I did a really good job of hiding it and I think that yeah. that's I just wanted to point that out because sometimes it doesn't necessarily come from that direct person in your life but exactly it can come from other sources, the therapist, the even, even just somebody, I don't know, I, you know, I'm, I'm probably belaboring the point now, but I just, I think that was really brilliant that you touched on that. No, it's just really, it, it really just speaks to who are you surrounding yourself to support yourself? Like you're worthy of support. It doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you, you know? And I think mm-hmm. we really personalize our faults and it brings a lot of shame on us and we feel like we can't reach out. And it's like, yeah, if it's a therapist, if it's a coach, if it's, somebody you really admire on social media. I don't even know who it is, but as long as it's someone that you can reach out to, to say, is this even normal? What is this? You know, or I feel this way, or I have these thoughts that, you know, I don't know if this is normal or not. Um, it's, it's just somebody out there that you feel like you can trust to give you an outsider's perspective. Cause it's like anything else when you're so close to it, it's hard to see it, you know? And, um, you know, I don't know if, if your triggers come up as much now, I don't know what your anxiety looks like now. Mine looks more like I snap. I mean, it's these triggers that indicate, but now since I'm so disconnected with my thoughts and, um, I can see it for what it is, I can say, Oh, okay. I see you. Mm -hmm. I see you trigger. I see you control. I see you fear. All right. I got your number. And so I hope that Um, you know, maybe the flow of my alignment won't go so, you know, this way and that way. So extreme, like it was when I was dealing with this anxiety. Um, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I mean, I don't know what's the future, but I'm hoping it will be a little bit less of, um, a polarizing event when I'm out of alignment because it happens. I mean, gosh, it happens constantly, especially with my kids, but, um, you know, I just, I think, noticing that knowing you have someone to count on, whether that's a therapist or not, can, can be so helpful. And I mean, not preventing it because then it, it feels like something to prevent. And then it brings on a whole nother weight to it that probably will just bring it on, you know, Absolutely. but just at least recognize it a little bit more. So you can use the tools that you know, how seek the support you need before it gets so bad you know, to where I can't see it. (laughs) And I love that you've touched on too, is that because I think another message, I think it's important for people to understand is, is that we don't want anxiety to go away, like the fix, the cure, because it is our body system of warning us of potential danger or, you know, fear, whatever, but, but it's, it's learning to interpret the signals and that 
when you can get tied into that, which comes from getting into your body, knowing what's important to you, being able to sift fact, fact from fiction. Are you getting anxious because you're, you know, you've got your perfectionism flaring up, but it's, it's yeah. when you can start using the sensations in your body as, um, information that helps yes. guide you back into alignment. And I think it's at that point when we can be proactive, but we can just learn to decipher what our body is trying to tell us. Right. And us, that's, that's where I think we get anxiety into a healthier place is when it's being used, you develop a relationship with it and then you can, you can exactly. bring it forward with you. And I, and, but that all starts from those things that you, you outlined is that getting into your body and like, no, getting in tune to your values. Like what, what is right. it important to you? You know, it really is simple with that. Well, and you know, what you spoke to earlier was having space. I think another problem with our society right now is we don't, and like you said, I mean, some of the pandemic has created some space. Sometimes it's cluttered more space too, because um, of all of the other complications that go into this pandemic um, experience, but we don't give ourselves space. We don't leave space in a drawer. We don't leave space in our house. We don't leave space in our room. We don't leave space in our schedule. And so we don't have any time to find out who we are. I think a lot of it, even like underlying finding out who we are is we have to prioritize getting to know ourselves. And that means creating space for curiosity in our schedules um, and for our families, for our kids at, at work, putting boundaries up to say, no, I'm done on Fridays at four you know, unless there's a huge emergency or some big project, I'm done it for. And I will speak to you again on Monday because it's just such a numbing technique to be busy. Mm-hmm. Our buzzword is busy, right? And to me, that's just so numbing because we don't leave space when we're always going, going, going. We don't have time to contemplate and reflect and journal and go on a walk in nature and meditate, right? Mm-hmm. So I think some of that you know, before we can even get to know ourselves and then use our bodies as direction and get in our bodies as God, we got to create space for ourselves. And we're worthy of that. Every single human on this planet is here with a purpose. Their souls came here with a purpose, whatever that is. It's not a job. It's not a career. It's, it's your authentic self, your soul's involvement, how you're going to express that in this plant, in this world, in this planet. And we, we have to be giving ourselves the space to find that what it is, discover what that is, and then how are we going to express that? And so getting to know ourselves is the greatest gift we can give this world to give our families and friends and our professions is our authentic self. That doesn't mean our perfect selves. That means our authentic selves, our anxious selves, our clear selves, right? So there's room for both. And that's what creates this beautiful human experience is all of that. And it's such a learning opportunity. I mean, with my kids, when I make mistakes all the time, like last night, um, my daughter's four years old and she doesn't technically read the words correctly, but she does read books every night and she's very animated and very wonderful storyteller, whether that's the actual story that's written in the book or not. And so last night she was like talking about how the characters were having a fight. And I was like, Greta, they're not having a fight. I corrected her. And she looked at me like, honey, you better step out of this place. And, and my son looked at me and he was like, you didn't have to say that. And she was like, yeah, you didn't have to say that. It really hurt my feelings. 
And I was like, whoa, you're right. You're right. I am so sorry. I made a mistake. You're doing a beautiful job reading this book. And I'm really glad you're speaking from your heart. And I should never have said that. And I'm sorry it hurt your feelings. And even in that, there is beautiful growth and connection and a realization for me, honestly, that they felt comfortable enough to challenge me. You know, I'm not, I'm just the mom. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not the authority. And so that they felt comfortable and and connected with me enough to trust me and, and, and to speak up to me. Um, You know, there's beauty in that. There's beauty in our mistakes. We're so fearful from our quote unquote, you know, bad characteristics and mistakes and the negative things we do. And, and it's like, no, that's the good stuff. You know, that anxiety has brought you to this place. You know, my postpartum anxiety has brought me to this place. And so every one of these little puzzle pieces, these jigsaw pieces that we collect together to form this life that we lead are all valuable. And not to say that they're not hugely painful and, and people's, you know, human experience varies vastly. And so I don't want to minimize the pain that people deal with and wrestle with and and live and not to say that it's um, worth it, but it is meaningful and it is, it is a place where we can use it for good, you know? So I think, I think part of that is not shushing away our anxiety or our mistakes or our misalignment, not feeling guilty for being misaligned and, oh, I'm, I'm bad because I did this. And it's more or less like, oh, I see you. Okay. Look there, Rachel, there you go. You let your ego take over. You're not operating from your true self. And this is why you're anxious about this. Okay. And so, um, but creating the space for yourself is so necessary for that. God, you, I mean, yes, yes to all of it. And I love that you, I wanted to thank you for saying, right, to be our authentic self, not our perfect self. Because if we could all just learn to be uncomfortable with the not so pretty parts, I think Mm -hmm. we would all have a better sense of who we actually are versus who we're trying to be. And then I think that, right, that's that fork in the road that I think somewhere along the way, we we choose the path that we, we think we're supposed to, the one, the perfect whatever existence rather than the real existence, the authentic, yeah. our, our truest self. And if we could all get connected back to that, I think we would have a lot less anxiety, a lot less uncertainty, a lot less right. external validation. You know, right. I think we would all be more, you know, dialed in. And I think that, um, you know, I appreciate not only you, sh- you sharing your story, but just kind of your take on alignment. And, and I think if anyone was entering into this episode, wondering like, okay, I, I don't feel good. And maybe now they can, they can name it to say, all right, there's a misalignment going on inside of me. You've provided some really great tangible, you know, directives, you know, it's kind of step one, acknowledge it, right. drop into your body and get to know yourself and to get to know yourself. It's funny as, you know, I've, I've had conversations with lots of people that say, I don't even know who I am anymore. And, you know, a question I wanted to ask you is what would you even recommend for someone to do that? And you, you, you offered it without me even asking it. <laughs> we got to have the space the to freaking space. slow down. And the permission and to, and the worthiness you are worthy. I don't care what you've done. You are worthy of getting to know who you are. You are worthy of spending an hour a day to yourself. I don't care how many kids you've got. You know, it's like there's so many forces at work on 
people and humans and women and mothers and, and all of these things that make us feel small and feel like our needs don't matter and that everyone else's needs are more important. But I know in my experience that when I am aligned and I am full and I am prioritizing my contemplation and my space, claiming my space with boundaries, healthy boundaries, not, you know, obtrusive or intrusive boundaries and, and things that could hurt people, but just just healthy boundaries that I am so much more patient, more compassionate, more creative, more fun, Mm -hmm. you know, more loving, more um, open to possibilities for in my business and in the community and ways to serve other people in a more sustainable way, because I do value myself. And I know that I can't help this community member past today if I am so burnt out and resentful and anxious and misaligned. So it's, it's, it's that important to me. I care about you. I care about our planet and our, our families so much that I am willing to set up uncomfortable boundaries to prioritize my self-care, my t- contemplation, my space, so I can serve you with my whole heart from my full self. And I think if we can all change our minds around that and realize that we are worth that and we can serve better in our roles through that, that maybe people can give themselves the permission to say, okay, fine. I will. I'll give myself an hour today. I know I have all these meetings. I know I've got this and this going on, but I'm going to give myself an hour. It doesn't, it doesn't even have to take an hour, but it's just a good place to, um, you know, really set up a boundary and explore these things. And also, you know, the beauty about all this stuff too, Alicia, is it doesn't cost money. Mm -hmm. This is accessible to everyone. If you've got a body and a soul and you're alive on this planet, you can think about your thoughts. You can look at your thoughts. You can breathe, right? So um, these things don't have to cost a lot of money. It just might cost a change in mind, might cost space, might cost a boundary. And and I don't put those lightly either. That can feel really heavy for, for people. But um, it's, it's something that as a human being on this earth, you have a right to feel good. You have a right to know who you are. And so you, you know, you using the space, using the support you've got, whatever it might be. And, um, you know, I, you're just worth it. You're worth that. I think, I think that's the bottom line too, is like getting rid of the barriers to finding ourselves. (laughs) You are So, I mean, good Lord, I feel like I'm going to, when I listen to this playback, like that last, you know, minute or whatever it was of what the beautiful words you just spoke, I feel like I will hit on replay. And I think so many of us (laughs) need need to be reminded that give yourself the space you are worthy, like in, in getting to know yourself is worth it. And you are a beautiful soul. You are doing so many amazing things, guys. I haven't even touched on the tip of the iceberg of all of the things that Rachel does. So Rachel, if you, how do we find you? How do we learn more? How do we interact with you? You know, give us all the good stuff. And like I said, guys, she really does. She's an entrepreneur, a coach. There's lots of things that, right. We could go on for another hour, you know, telling, talking about the the things that she's offering this world. So Rachel, like where, where do we find you? What do you want us to know about you? Yeah, well, of course, you can find me on social media. Um, On Instagram, I'm Rachel H. Walt, but also I'm the founder and CEO of Crafting Good, and that's one word with a shared G. So you can find Crafting Good on Facebook and Pinterest and YouTube and online. We have a website, craftinggood.com, where you can find me for sure. I'm a solopreneur, Um, so I am 
everything crafting good. And that is a company that I created out of motherhood, out of the messy mistakes and, and all of that of motherhood uh, to really serve families and caregivers and give them tools to raise compassionate humans. And there's a bunch of different ways on the website to do that. There's products, there's subscription boxes, um, there's coaching, one-on-one -on -one coaching, and um, something I'm really excited about that all of our community members and followers have said they really would be served by is a um, a monthly caregiver circle that talks about all of the things we talked about today. So changing our minds, finding our worth, finding our power, um, finding our authentic selves again, and prioritizing our self-care so we can serve families and our communities much better. Um, Crafting Good has a commitment to equity and sustainability and compassion and reaching out to the community and giving families tools to, to serve others and, and make sure they're living their authentic selves. So uh, that's where you can find me most days <laughs> is doing stuff with crafting good, being a mom, um, eating Indian food, walking <laughs> in nature. Uh, so I love it when people reach out and tell me about how they resonated with something I said or did or or, you know, an issue or something that didn't resonate with them too. Um, I, I really appreciate constructive feedback too, or saying, you know what, this was kind of offensive when you did this or said this, you know, I think I'm a, I'm an experience collector and just lifelong learner. And mm -hmm. the more I can expand my mind and be more mindful of the words I use and communication I use, the better. And so um, I just really appreciate community. I appreciate you and your space and your community. And I'm so grateful to be here and, and having you share that space with me. Well, you are amazing. This has been so much fun. I could go on for days with you. I, like I said, I think we're kindred spirits and I just yes. I love and admire the work you're doing. Guys, get to know Rachel. I know you've already fallen in love with her in the time that you've been listening to this conversation today. If you really like this episode and you're enjoying the show, please, would you do me a favor and give the show a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts? And guys, just thank you so much for joining. I hope you walk away understanding how you can live life in alignment and remembering that it's not a final destination that we are constantly, you know, realigning ourselves. And I think with Rachel's, you know, guidance, you are walking away with some simple ways to just give yourself the space to get to know yourself again, which is the key to getting back into alignment. So guys have a wonderful day and I look forward to connecting with you on a future episode. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Wake Up Call podcast. If you liked what you heard today, I would love for you to subscribe and leave a review. It takes just a few minutes and does wonders for helping other people find the podcast. If you want to connect outside of the podcast, you can do so by following at Alicia D. Hopkins on Instagram. And if you really liked the episode you just listened to, do me a favor. Would you screenshot the episode and tag me? I would love to see what's resonating with you. Thank you for joining me today, and I hope today's episode helped you to see that you can wake up to the change that's possible in your life. 